0: Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Thanks for listening and remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Just how in love are couples in America and what exactly makes a relationship work? Here to answer those questions and provide more insights on love and relationships in America is Grant Langston, CEO of the online dating site eHarmony. Grant, it's great to have you with us.
1: Thanks. Great to be here.
0: So eHarmony Conducted a national survey,
1: yes,
0: and you you surveyed a couple thousand folks. And are Americans generally happy in their romantic relationships?
1: I think it's great news that about sixty-five percent of the people that responded to this survey say that they are very happy in their relationships. This is sixty-five percent. This is not what I would have guessed if you had asked me to guess before doing this work. Um, And it's a big group. It's people that have been together for three years. It's people that have been together 36 years and everything in between. I think the average is 18 years. Mm -hmm. These are people that are married, people that live together but aren't married, and people that are in long-term relationships but do not live together. So it's it's a very different kind of research than we've ever done. We're always focused on our couples how are they doing? How are we doing for them? Are we making their relationships better? But this is a different kind of thing. This is like a snapshot of American relationships. How are we doing? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, that is certainly encouraging news. So, you know, Tina Turner sang about What's love got to do with it? But I yeah. think, according to your survey, love's got almost everything to do with it, right? I mean, there's a correlation yeah. you found between happiness and people who are in love.
1: Yes. The the, the the best way for me to think about this is the group that's most unhappy, they tend to say they got together because it was time, mm-hmm. right? Now, we all know what that means. That's cultural pressure. That's parental pressure. That's the idea that, well, there's no one I'm really that in love with, but... By golly, it's time. I, the, I've got to get this show on the road. Or
0: the biological clock is ticking. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. And so that clearly is a very terrible reason to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. The couples that are happy, the reason they're together is because they're in love with someone. And they fell in love and they got married or, or, or started a relationship. So you're right. That's the reason to be with somebody. And it really destroys this idea that there is a time to be married. And if you are getting that pressure, it's, it's time to push back on that.
0: And what about generally, generationally speaking? I'm curious if there's one generation that is happier in relationships than others.
1: Well, this is the benefit of doing a study annually. And we're mm-hmm. going to do this every year, the same time of year, because we want to see the trend. This first study tells us that millennials are happier and that they're also much more willing to do the maintenance of a relationship. Now, is that because they're different or is that because they're young? Mm. We won't know that until we do this for a number of years and we can see what happens to this cohort of people. But today, they as a group, especially the men, mm-hmm. are very different from those that have come before. How so? They're more into communication. They're more into compromise. The men are more willing to go to therapy and have been to therapy. Um, it's, it's not a group that is immune from the problems that we all have. They've, they have job stress. They're too tied for sex sometimes. Mm-hmm. They have financial arguments. In fact, this group argues more than the rest of the groups. Hmm. But they're more willing to work on it. And so that's a—I think that's a great lesson here. It isn't about the amount of conflict. It's how you tend to it. And when you do tend to it, as this group does, your satisfaction in the relationship is very high.
0: Maybe they argue more. I'm just spitting this out there because they tend to communicate more. Yeah. So other... Generations may be having problems in the relationship, but may it may fester because they don't talk about it,
1: yeah, yeah, in fact, the most unhappy group, the most unhappy cohort, they have very little fighting, and that's because they've just given up yeah they just there's a there's a contempt there that you can almost see in the data, and they're sort of slogging through life together. But they're not actively working to make it better.
0: And what about – or we talked about generation, generational divides there. What about geographic divides? Does it matter in what part of the country you live or is one part of the country happier in relationships than the other?
1: We did not see that. I think that's uh, good news. We, we certainly see that more affluent areas – I mean affluence varies from place to place, right? Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is a big determinant here in, in happiness – and so you can find places in the country where economically it's hard to make a living there and that is seen in the happiness rates in that in that area but it's it's not as simple as saying people in the south are happier or people in the west are happier it it it's much more complicated than that
0: and what about money which i know is a big uh, issue for lots of couples. I believe yeah. that the number one issue people argue about in relationships is money Did you find a correlation between people who make more money and their level of happiness in their relationship?
1: We did uh, With one exception the groups th- there is a group that makes about $30,000 a year. That's very very happy and if you look at that they're very young right mm-hmm. they're they're in the very early stages of a relationship are you telling me
0: they're blinded by love <laughs> they're Grant?
1: blinded by love and, and that we've all been there right mm-hmm. you you think you can live on love
0: you're sharing a can of tuna and that's okay
1: and that's okay but it doesn't really last that long and and for the most part i think it's fair to say people have who have better educations people who make more money tend to be happier um, i think you know, I have a podcast on, on my uh, in my job at eHarmony and we get letters from people. And one of the things that I see a lot are people who are saying, you know, why am I not being more successful with women? Guys will write into me and say, say What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And you know, often my answer is, stop worrying about that. Focus on the other things in your life. Get your career straight. Get your education straight. You're twenty-four, mm-hmm. finding someone to, to have a relationship with, maybe shouldn't be your top priority. And this confirms that notion that if your life is in order, the relationship will happen in a much more easier organic way. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, your life will be easier. So maybe you need to get that sorted out before you go and look for someone to build a life with. Do,
0: are men generally more happy than women in their relationships?
1: They report being more happy. It's about a five-point gap in almost every question of satisfaction. Women, you know, it, it's, it's not clear in the data why, and it could certainly be that women have higher expectations and men have lower expectations, Maybe. and therefore the men are just happier <laughs> with less. Um, you know, there are areas where, for example, men uh, report having twice as much satisfaction in sex than women do. So you see a big gap in something like that, but in most other things it's a very small gap and the women are a little less happy.
0: Let's talk about intimacy. Um, did you see any correlation between couples who have more sex being overall happier or not? I'm curious what you found there.
1: This is the biggest surprise of all for me in this, in this research. Um, there seems to be no correlation between sexual happiness and relational happiness. Couples that are very happy have sex about once a week, and they like it. Couples that are very unhappy have sex about once a week, and they like it. Okay. And it's it's a head-scratcher, really, because you can find almost anything you look for. There are plenty of couples in the middle who are just moderately happy with their relationship. Some of them have what they think is really good sex. Some of them have Mediocre sex, and some of them have no sex. These mm-hmm. appear to be completely uh, unhinged from, from each other, and that is, that is not what I would have guessed.
0: So it's interesting. Well, I guess the takeaway there is that sex doesn't necessarily correlate with happiness in a relationship?
1: Right, right. Wow. People so tend we- to be able to compartmentalize that in a very interesting way. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't like you. We're not having a good relationship. But sexually, we just work, and that's okay.
0: Somehow they can just put the other stuff aside between yeah. the sheets.
1: That is a very uh, interesting finding here.
0: So then if that's not one of the things that hinges on a happy relationship, sex, and, yeah. and the, either the quantity or quality of it, what did they say matters to a relationship? What helps a relationship grow and
1: thrive? Well, you know, eHarmony's premise since the very beginning is that people who are similar in important ways have an easier time together. They are they are compatible and their life rides easier because they have less compromise and less friction, and this research really bears that out. People who have uh, very happy relationships tend to be similar in a lot of ways. They're optimistic, they're confident. They are they have the same degree of sociability. So maybe they aren't social at all, but they're both the same, or they're very social. Mm-hmm. Uh, compromise is another area where they are very similar so these are important traits that a lot of people don't think about when they're looking for someone to just to, to date seriously but they are the real building blocks of happiness it was interesting to me that there were some other more superficial things that these people tend to share they like to exercise together hmm. that was interesting to me uh they like to go out together like to just Date night. They like to be together. in each other's company. In the world. They like each other. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a feedback loop of, of satisfaction. You do it. It helps. You do more of it. It helps. So these are the things that the people who are very happy say they share. And that makes all the sense in the world to me.
0: So, but it sort of throws out the premise of, you know, opposites attract, though.
1: Yeah. Opposites do attract. There's no question Initially, about it. Initially,
0: right? They do. The sparks are flying.
1: And listen... If you want to be opposite with a person about the kind of food you like or where you like to go on holiday or a number of superficial things, it just won't matter. It has no bearing on relationship success. But when we're talking about, let's say, ambition, let's pick something that's fundamental and important. If you and your partner are not aligned on that topic, if you're very ambitious and he's not – that doesn't wear well. It won't crush you in the first year or two or three. But in year five and six and seven, it, catches up. it really creates uh, friction. And if you stack three or four or five of these important dissimilarities together, what tends to happen is after some years together, one or both of the people just say, I, I can't not do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just too hard. And that's, that's what causes people to break up.
0: Now, you say that you spoke to people who were married, people who were cohabitating, people who are just dating in, in long-term relationships. I'm curious the impact of family on, on the way yeah. people answer this survey. If they have children, how does that impact their happiness level and so forth?
1: Yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of, of interesting facts here. First of all, one of the strongest connections in the whole study is the number of children and the amount of fighting in the relationship. Zero kids? very low fighting. One kid, a little more fighting. Two kids, a little more fighting up to, I think, our highest was was five plus. Mm-hmm. And that's the most fighting of all. Mm-hmm. So there's no question that children create a lot of parental conflict, uh, or at least the more kids, the more you're going to have. Um, so,
0: well, I can hear it now. Well, you go talk to him. He didn't listen to me. Right.
1: Right. Right. there's or just sometimes
0: you start to take sides with the kids well the
1: kids are smart they play you against each oh, other I mean it, it's a tough thing and I think that's also an interesting observation in terms of, of of happiness you know when the kids leave to to go off to have their own lives there's a little bump in happiness because that responsibility' is gone and that source of so
0: are you telling me empty nesters <laughs> are happy empty grand?
1: nesters are happy there there is often a little bump Bump and divorce at that point, too, uh-huh. because people who've been holding it together for the kids, they will then say, OK, we don't need to do that anymore. But the people that stay together, it's a happier time. It's a happier time.
0: And what about romance? I mean, we talked earlier about sex, but it's the little things oftentimes that really matter, not just for the women, but for the men. Did you find in your survey that romance is still alive?
1: It is in the millennial segment. One of the other undeniable facts in this study is that romantic gestures decrease over time. It's just right there. It's in black and white. And this youngest group, twenty, you know, five to thirty-five, roughly, uh, the men are very into hand holding and kisses and love notes and that kind of thing. And it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Um, you know, it's kind of natural to do it early on. And then it sort of lessens over, over time. It is, it is also interesting, though, that despite the fact that gestures kind of diminish, people don't say they're less happy in their relationships over time. They say they're less perfect. That's mm-hmm. an interesting thing. A lot of young people use the word, chose the option perfect to describe their relationship. That goes way down. Yeah. Wow. But very happy does not go way down. People, you know are very happy into the fourth, fifth decade of their relationship.
0: Wow. It's, so. it's tough to use the word perfect with a relationship because we're all yeah. imperfect, right? Yeah, so yeah. how can we have the
1: perfect that, Those early days, right? Those That's what you say days. when you're in the early days.
0: <laughs> but you know what? The older generation can certainly learn something from the millennials that, you know what? The small touches really can make a difference. They do. Um, you know, as CEO of eHarmony, I'd have to imagine you are under... Uh, incredible pressure, Grant, to sort of get your relationship right in your own personal life. Yes. Um, share with us some of the things you do to show your wife that you uh, that you love her. And, and I'm curious what you do for Valentine's Day.
1: Well, you know, Valentine's Day gets a, an interesting rap because people a lot of people think it's like a Hallmark holiday. It's made up and it's just there to extract money from your wallet. Isn't it? Well, <laughs> here's what I say to that. I'm looking for every excuse to do something nice for my wife, right? I mean, you can, you can be sad about this holiday or you can just take advantage of it. And so I want to take advantage of it. I, I don't, I'm not a stuffed guy. I'm an experienced guy. And so if I can use this holiday to go do something fun with my wife, and that may be very simplistic. That may be a hike or a walk, or it may be a concert or, but whatever it is, This is a good excuse to do it. And so I just I always encourage people, especially men, don't miss the opportunity. There's not that many of them. There's a there's birthdays and there's anniversaries and there's this. Mm -hmm. And so don't don't get lazy. Do something that shows that you're interested and that you care.
0: And that you celebrate her. And for the woman as well with the man. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. I'm curious if there are certain times of the year where you see a spike in activity at eHarmony or or the opposite, where things are sort of at a lull.
1: Yeah, it's a very seasonal business. So um, the day after Christmas, our business goes crazy. Really? And that's, we've, it's been this way for a long time. And it's very easy to see why. People go home to their families. Their mother says, "Why are you still <laughs> single?" Or they see their brother and his wife and their kids and and they they really think, you know, I got to do something about this. I want this and I'm not doing anything and it's time. So you get that family experience and then you get the New Year's resolution right after that and then you get Valentine's Day right after that. So our business kind of goes nuts in this time of year. This is the high season and then it cools down a little bit in the April, May, and then summertime, when people have time, it goes back up. So typically the two biggest months for us are are January and July.
0: Interesting. And,
1: And it kind of peaks and valleys after that.
0: But I guess it actually makes sense. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Well, this has really been fascinating. We look forward to more surveys to come. As you said, this is your first annual yeah. uh, Love and uh, and Relationships in America. And uh, we look forward to to further findings. I think we can learn a lot about ourselves and each other uh, from this survey. So Grant Langston, CEO of eHarmony, thanks so much for stopping by.
1: Uh, happy to be here. Thank you.
0: And thank you all for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. And remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode it. Yeah.